This is a Triple M Footy podcast. With all the latest news and stories that matter right now in footy, it's Tom Brown's News. Good afternoon. About 36 hours of trade period left. A lot of key deals have gone through in the last day or so, including the super mega trade, which I mooted on Friday night. Even West Coast and Port use the term super, super mega. Yes, I realise I added a bit of hyperbole to that, but uh, it sort of caught on, which I thought was quite funny. Lots to discuss today, including North's fallout from that trade and whether it was value accretive as far as North were concerned. But what I'll do first off in the podcast is give a bit of a snapshot of the outstanding deals as I see them and just in terms of where they're, not where they're at, but more just a list to start off with. In terms of the big ones that we knew of, obviously Grundy trying to get to Melbourne, Dunkley trying to get to Brisbane, Hopper still trying to get to Richmond, Aaron Francis trying to get to Sydney, Radically trying to get to Port Adelaide. In terms of deals that are waiting on other deals, there's the Tom Mitchell deal trying to get to Collingwood from Hawthorne. That's clearly waiting on Grundy. In terms of the new deals which have popped up over the last day or so that we kind of not necessarily knew about, but I guess they're on the radar at some point, Wiedemann, Essendon, two of the Bombers yesterday. I'll get to that shortly. O'Meara is an absolute new one to the Giants. I'll discuss that shortly as well from Hawthorne. In the background, you've still got Hunter sort of trying to get to Melbourne, Lockie Hunter. That's looking less likely than likely at this point. Having said that, there's a lot that can happen over the next day and a half. You've still got Fiorini trying to get through to Collingwood and Frampton through to Collingwood as well. That gives you a bit of a snapshot. Now, the big discussion point today, of course, is North Melbourne and this super trade. Look, have a look at the Super Trade yourself on social media. You'll see how complicated it was. There were heaps and heaps of steps to it. But in essence, it saw the Giants get pick number one. That's the first time the first pick's been traded for the best part of 21 years. North ending ending up with two, three in a future first and some other picks. Um, West Coast ending up with eight and 12. Port Adelaide in particular ending up with Junior Rioli and, of course, Jason Horn francis which is the big one. Have North mucked up this deal? That is a massive, massive debating point today. There's a bit of a controversy. Zerha had a bit of a crack at it last night uh, on his Instagram, which I think he's since taken it down, referring it to to the situation as Hornet gone and referring to some discount merchandise. Quite sharp work there from uh, Cam Zerha. But uh, look, there is some criticism of North. They've given up um, Jason Horn Francis, you could argue, in effect, for a future first and picks 40 and 43, because you could argue that the pick one, which is split, then goes into two and three. But uh, look, North obviously argued that they're going to get two players now, I guess, for the price of one um, in terms of that pick with with number one. And they would also argue, of course, that two and three is worth about 4,700 draft points on all the calculations and pick ones worth 3,000. So that part of it was value accretive. It wasn't just a case of splitting one, four, two and three. And uh, it also shows clearly that North were off Jason Horn francis and knew that he needed to go. So I think that uh, from North's perspective, they'll see that as value accretive. And it does give them the opportunity perhaps to get two like-minded or friends at two and three, which other clubs have done before. You get a couple of players that want to play together and you can get a couple of generational players. So from North's perspective, that's what they'll argue. Um, others are more sceptical about the relative value of this deal for North. But in, at the end of the day, Horn francis is at Port Adelaide. And I expect that he might even speak as soon as today. The Saturday Rub, Friday Huddle, Sunday Rub, Midweek Rub, Tom Brown's News and all the footy podcasts you need are in one place. Subscribe to Triple M Footy on the Listener app or wherever you get your podcasts. I wouldn't say there's frustration with Graham Wright because he's the best in the business, but he's got two pretty tough deals going on, two big situations now and big players. Obviously, Ollie Henry, there's an impasse of sorts between Geelong and Collingwood in regards to Henry. 
Henry's trying to get to Geelong to play alongside his brother. It's an interesting situation. Collingwood obviously wants a first-round pick, and they would say, I would imagine, well, give us pick seven. That's clearly not going to happen. Seven, uh, that Geelong used 18 on Bruin, so it was open to Geelong to do that. And uh, they don't want to get shortchanged Collingwood because they took Henry originally at pick 17 and obviously think he's a reasonable player. The counter view, which you could argue, is that Geelong have done a lot of work to get that 25 pick. They bunched up a whole bunch of points to get to that point. Henry's not going to stay at Collingwood. That's absolutely abundantly clear from his manager, Anthony McConville, who's a particularly reasonable bloke. He's like, you know, he's not sort of trying to force Collingwood's hand. He's got a good relationship with the Pies, but he's made it very clear that Henry doesn't want to stay at Collingwood. Um, the other argument, of course, is that Collingwood offered more money, apparently, to Bobby Hill and only gave up a net second-round pick for Hill. So, you know, Collingwood had the opportunity, I guess, to offer more money to Henry compared to Hill and didn't do that. And uh, the other situation, of course, in all this is that uh, Collingwood didn't play Henry, particularly in the back part of the year. I think he played against North in round 17, but then was the unused sub against Adelaide and Carlton. The other argument, if Collingwood let him go to uh, in the preseason draft, they'll get nothing for him. So that's an impasse. The other impasse that uh, Graham Wright's got to deal with at the moment is Brody Grundy. Collingwood still wants something inside the top 25. Melbourne at the moment can only offer 27. So that's also an impasse as far as Grundy's concerned. You hear different views. Some trade people say that Collingwood need Grundy's money out to facilitate all their other deals. Other people say that they didn't think that Grundy was going to leave earlier in the year. And the only consequence of Grundy not coming, not leaving will be not going after Mitchell. Then you invite the discussion about whether you'd rather Grundy or Mitchell. Maybe Collingwood would prefer, and Graham Wright would prefer an inside mid as opposed to Grundy's money. So that's an interesting situation facing the Pies, who will be a big focus now over the next 36 hours, where they lose Henry and Grundy, or one of each. But, uh, you know, it's interesting because in both situations, Melbourne have committed to Grundy, Geelong have committed to Henry in principle, but haven't offered the prize pick. So that's a, it's a bit of a sticky situation for Collingwood. This is Tom Brown's News, bringing you the latest in footy every Monday, Thursday and Friday. Here at first on Listener. Just picking up on what's happened already today, Jack Gunson is officially a Lion now. That's gone through as a trade rather than free agency, so the Lions didn't lose their compensation for McStay. The Lions, in the end, giving up 48 and a future fourth. Now, an interesting situation at Hawthorne concerning Jager O'Meara. I think the Herald broke this story yesterday. The Herald's son that O'Meara is interested in going to the Giants. It continues that trend of experienced talks, perhaps wanting to move on. Sam Mitchell obviously very much focused on the long-term, the draft, and some of their kids. The interesting backstory, O'Meara was the best man at Stephen Cornelio's wedding over the weekend, where obviously clearly Giants bosses like Dave Matthews and uh, Jason McCartney would have been at, as well as obviously some of the top agents, including TLA. So <laughs> it was a deal hatched, you'd think, at a wedding if it goes through. It was a big production, the wedding Stephen Cornelio's. He had uh, acrobats coming from the ceiling on tightropes. He had extra chandeliers. It was a big wedding, but it will be remembered for uh, O'Meara potentially teeing up a deal at that wedding to go from the Giants to Hawthorne. A lot of clubs are looking at the Giants in terms of their salary cap. Uh, Ward's still on up to $800,000 as part of his, well, what you think would be a final season. But in particular, Green, Cornelio, Whitfield and Kelly, all over a million dollars. I know they've cleared out Taranto and Hopper, but there's certainly a view from some clubs. They thought they might push out one more player. Haynes also on up to a million dollars over his final two years. So the Giants will get some relief at the end of next year when a couple of veterans go. But uh, even some clubs in the next couple of days are certainly keeping close tabs on the Giants if they push out one more play. There's no evidence of it yet, but uh, it's certainly a discussion point in club land. 
bringing you the latest in footy news before you hear it anywhere else. This is Tom Brown's News. And I'll leave you with two Josh Dunkley. I mentioned the conundrum facing Collingwood in terms of perhaps losing Henry and Grundy for a little less than they'd like. The Bulldogs face a similar situation with Dunkley. Brisbane traded out that uh, pick in the teens. Uh, It was controversial because the Bulldogs basically warned them against doing it. And it leaves the Bulldogs in this unusual situation where they're going to have to lose Dunkley. He wants to go to Brisbane, their best and fairest, for a, well, you think a future first and obviously more. But uh, it is interesting. They gave up arguably, or rejected, I should say, more when Dunkley wanted to get to Essendon a couple of years ago. So it's an uncomfortable situation for the Bulldogs. I've heard Luke Beveridge is only part of the... uh, list management team at the Bulldogs, but obviously a very influential part. He's not happy about it. He was digging in yesterday. I think there'll be a resolution. I spoke to the Dogs last night. They were softening their tone a little bit, but uh, it's an uncomfortable situation for the Dogs because they, they're not going to get the hand they wanted for Josh Dunkley, and in the end, it will be a compromise of sorts. And just finally, for Richmond fans, um, obviously Hopper will get to Punt Road, either with pl- a player um, or separately picks. The player being discussed as Ivan Soldo. He had a medical up there last Thursday. I've heard Richmond overnight aren't necessarily keen on losing Soldo, particularly next year with five um, expected on the bench. You can run with two Ruckman, you'll get some game time. And I think the view at the Tigers is they can get this deal done without having to give up Soldo. So that's a big discussion point today. Hopper will get to Punt Road. There's no issues there, I don't think. But uh, there is a bit of an issue in terms of whether the Richmond, I've heard, don't necessarily want to lose Soldo. So keep an eye on that. We'll have all the latest on that this afternoon on our social channels and, of course, on 7 News tonight. As things go through, we'll, of course, update our social channels. There's lots going on. But Triple M rocks football. That was Tom Brown's news. Come back every Monday, Thursday and Friday for more and subscribe to Triple M Footy on Listener or wherever you listen to get all our podcasts throughout the season. For Reem Hot Water and McDonald's, Triple M rocks footy.